there's been no testing here. I'm sure that the virus is here, but we have had no testing here. We're very rural. We have only a 25 bed hospital uh, here and all of these people that have come from out of the area. It's a small community. We have 3000 people maybe full time in this town. Not gonna be all snow. A wintry mix is forecast for the listening area. This is Wintry Mix COVID Quick Pod number five. I'm Alex Kaufman. This all started on Friday before the dominoes were falling, and there's been a new episode every night since. I don't know how long I can keep up the pace, but anything's possible. We've heard from more ski community voices this week than I'm going to list. Just scroll the feed and binge that shit. You've seen the pandemic rip through our tourism communities, and you're tuning in here for context. That's what I'm doing with this temporary change to the Wintry Mix podcast feed. If you'd like to join the next Quick Pods, DM me on Instagram or Twitter at Wintry Mixcast. Thanks to my valued sponsors, Bojo's Pizza and Ten Barrel Brewing. More about them when we get back to regular episodes. Let's jump in with this evening's guests. Matt Mosteller, Senior Vice President at Resorts of the Canadian Rockies, a.k.a. Powder Matt, and Betsy Doherty, proprietor of Betsy's Sunflower Kitchen and Home Goods Store on the Gulf Coast of Florida, a.k.a. my mom. I told y'all to stop badgering ski areas and worry about your mom, and I wasn't kidding. Recorded Tuesday, March 17th at about 5 p.m. Mountain Time. Let's drop in, shall we? This time around, we have guests from north of the border and guests from the Gulf Coast. We are in the mountains and we are on the beach because surprisingly, those two areas are kind of experiencing this with a lot of similarities. Up north, we have Matt Mosteller, who is the senior vice president or one of them at Resorts of the Canadian Rockies. Uh, Matt, where are you positioned right now? I'm in uh, beautiful Kimberley, British Columbia, uh, located in the Purcell Mountains of southeastern British Columbia. And then south, we have a few days ago, I warned everybody, don't worry about skiing, worry about your mom. We've got my mom on the podcast, as well as her better half, Mr. Greg Phillips. Betsy Doherty, Greg Phillips, down in Apalachicola, Florida. Let's be real here, mom. How many of my podcasts have you ever listened to? As we came down the Tennessee River on our boat, we were listening to them and laughing and having a great time. We've listened to a number of them, a lot of them, actually. That's not a number, though. Come on, Mom. How many? Uh, I, okay, let's see. I haven't listened to 80 of them, but I probably have listened to 40 of them. Okay, I'll, I'll, take, I'll take half. You may be leading the family with, with half, so, so we'll oh, take I'm that. Sure I am. We'll, we'll come back down to Betsy and Greg on the Gulf Coast in a minute. Let's bounce back up to uh, Mr. Mosteller. So you are at Kimberly right now along the Powder Highway. Describe to us really quickly the economy in that area, the resorts in that area, and what's kind of happened in the last week. Uh, well, we're in a, the mountain region where one side is the Purcell Mountains, uh, very well known for powder skiing. And on the other side is the classic uh, Canadian Rockies, obviously a very famous uh, mountain range. And it's the Rocky Mountain Trench that runs up the middle of both those ranges. 
Uh, it's a famous uh, waterway, provides the Columbia River, which most uh, of our friends to the, to the south would very much know of. And these are rural mountain towns. The real backbone uh, uh, communities are, are, you know, they've, they've either come from a resource background, uh, timber, mining, uh, uh, that, those kind of things. And a lot of them over the last uh, 50, 60 years had skiing or some kind of snow sliding uh, because of the, the, the different uh, ethnic groups that came into the mountain region uh, to work in the mines or work in the woods. And uh, so they built ski jumps, they skied across the, the big alpine ranges and, and they took, uh, and because of the early tradition of the railway, they also, we had the home of the Swiss guides who also took Americans climbing for the first time in the Canadian Rockies. So a lot of tradition around the mountains. Right now, uh, most of our skiing community would be very a busy uh, time, would be spring break uh, and uh, but uh, because of what's going on in the world, uh, you know, it's actually eerily quiet out. So a lot of the listeners are going to be in the States. I do have a number in Canada and a number in Europe. But are there any differences between how Canada is reacting to this than the States that you've been able to notice? Well, it seems like uh, a bit of a difference. I, I, I do think uh, and very thankful that uh, our provincial uh, medical officers and, and, and also the federal government had made early calls, especially BC's health minister and, and the, the provincial health officer of this province, uh, really looking at, uh, we've now stopped international uh, travel, uh, you know, um, really con containing uh, and also getting a lot of messaging out to all of the, the providers uh, of uh, tourism operators or activity providers across the province to get on board and uh, get engaged in, in really stemming uh, the spread of this virus. Are the majority of RCR frontline staff locals or do you guys have a lot of internationals? What's your primary issue right now with getting your frontline staff kind of figured out? Yeah, uh, lots of... Uh, uh, we dial up the understanding, the listening, the empathy, the care uh, to support our team. Uh, definitely priority number one. And we have we have a mix. Some of our resorts have quite a bit of international uh, team members. Uh, others are more uh, Canadian uh, uh, for the majority. And yes, we're trying to find ways to obviously assist them in in their travel plans, uh, either getting out to go home and or finding a, a safe uh, place that they that they can stay and and uh, um, still carry on. I noticed recently uh, an announcement from Vail Resorts as they have decided that their season is over predominantly, except for maybe later on in the spring at a couple places, that their people in employee housing and their internationals in Eagle County and elsewhere, it's time for them to leave. So it's an interesting dichotomy where the Colorado government is saying, stay where you are. And yep. Vail Resorts is saying, yeah, but if you work here, you got to go. Um, are you generally encouraging people to stay where they are or move along or kind of haven't gotten that far yet? Well, we're, we're moving through the process. It, it is definitely a fluid process and things are changing ra rapidly. And, and we're trying to stay attuned with the most accurate information, obviously. And, and uh, one thing we're fortunate is most of our mountain communities, the, our team members ha that are going to stay have had, have a, have their own home or, or share a place. Uh, and, and then it's just making sure they can find ways to, uh, you know, uh, exist, uh, properly and, and safely in, in that environment. So we're, we're, we're all, uh, you know, part of this is, is uh, really about how we, uh, 
be the best we can be, be good for community. And, and that's really about collaboration, obviously, with our social distancing in practice, where though we're still trying to reach out and check on our team members to make sure they're, they've got enough food, they've got enough uh, things they may need to, to be okay. Okay, and for those unaware, uh, Resorts of the Canadian Rockies, correct me if I'm wrong, Matt, Kicking Horse, Nakiska, Fernie, Mount St. Anne, and Stoneham, which are to the east side. So six resorts. I think you also have some golf in your portfolio and, and a few other items. We're going to get right back to you uh, north of the border in British Columbia. Let's go back south for a moment. Uh, my, my mom is on the Gulf Coast in a tourist slash fishing town, if folks are familiar, Apalachicola is about an hour and a half south of Tallahassee, and it's spring break. And I've been talking to my mom on an almost daily basis the last few days because everybody's freaking out. And is your town welcoming those tourists, not welcoming them? Where are you guys on the kind of continuum right now? Well, it's kind of a split, Alex. Um, it's a real tough time because, as you know, spring break for us here is a really important uh, moneymaker for the whole area. We get people from Atlanta, we get people from Tennessee, we get people from Tallahassee. Um, we don't have the, 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 the rowdy spring break crowds, but we have families that come every year and March is one of our biggest months. Uh, so we have a lot of business owners, uh, rental owners who are really just trying real hard to not make let this happen. Um, they've still been encouraging people to come. Um, it's been a real slow, slow uh, learning curve here, and people are trying real hard not to take it seriously, but things have changed really quickly in the last couple of days, uh, and even today with uh, our government, with our governor uh, saying that all bars and nightclubs have to be closed as of five o'clock tonight. Um, they're still allowing restaurants to be open at 50% capacity. Um, but it's been a real split thing. I closed my store on Monday uh, after a huge day on Saturday with all tourists, all visitors, people from all over the place um, who are here to vacation. And as I heard on last night's podcast, you don't want to mess with people's vacation. They don't they don't like that. So it, it's it's coming around. There was a county commission meeting today, a city commission meeting tonight. Um, they declared a state of emergency, emergency in the county today, but they didn't give any um, details about that. But that's all aimed at trying to get things moving here. And unfortunately, we already have all these people in place. They're already here. They're here in Apalachicola, mostly on St. George Island, which is the barrier island just outside of here. Uh, but they're here and they're wanting to vacation and party and have a good time and like they always do. Uh, so we're really we've been struggling as a as an area to figure out how to how to handle this. Um, of course, we want them to come, but of course, we would love it if everyone would abide by CDC guidelines and maybe do some social distancing. But up to now, that hasn't looked like it's been working. Right. It, it kind of appears that certain areas were not kind of making those first moves as early as maybe the ski business was, which was maybe three to four to five days before some of your areas in the Gulf Coast. Uh, we're all seeing lots of images from Clearwater Beach lately on the internet um, with just packed beaches. And I assume St. George Island is at least something similar. Do you anticipate anything from government or community to actually address the tourists that are in place now? Or is it kind of, we're gonna make some decisions and we're gonna let them eventually leave and then we'll batten down the hatches? 
really hard to know. Right now, it's it's actually becoming much more of a reality as there uh, things are closing down now. The libraries closed down. Um, a lot, all the museums have closed down. All the events have been canceled. Uh, bars have been closed. Restaurants have been ordered, as I said, to 50%. And that may change. That may get, you know, they may have to close restaurants too. Um, but we do have the situation where all these people are already here. Uh, and I don't know where that's going to go. Um, if they come and they, you know, our beaches never get like St. Pete or any of the other beaches, even in our busiest time, our beaches are relatively uncrowded. Um, it's not so much the beaches, it's the bars, the music venues, the restaurants, the places where people are congregating. Um, only a few stores have closed uh, so far in Apalachicola. Um, and, and probably none on St. George Island, uh, but it's happening. There's some stores, the bookstore, my store, galleries, libraries, things like that are all closing now. Um, and I think in the next, I think it's gonna be very quick that things ramp up and people actually start taking it seriously here, but they've really been fighting taking it seriously up to now. All right, and if people wanna help my mom out, they can, her store, it's called Betsy's Sunflower. Buy gift certificates from my mom's store and then figure out how to use them later. I'm just going to tell people to do that. Um, you wouldn't have told them that, mom, but I'm going to tell them to do that. Well, Betsy's yes, I, Sunflower. Alex, I'm going to interrupt you. I, I have told them that. We have a sign on our door and a Facebook page, and we've told people to buy gift certificates that we will ship. We will do special orders. And we spent half the day today working with a couple of my employees um, to figure out how we're going to get through this because it's going to last a long time. Uh, and we're talking about uh, special Betsy Sunflower packages of all their favorite products that they can, you know, for the time that they're alone at home, that their favorite products, we can put a bag out the front door, they can send us a check, whatever. Uh, we're also talking about some Facebook things where we can do some live Facebook uh, sales on items. And as we go forward, ways that we can possibly make money so I can continue to keep my employees and have a chance of reopening the business um, at a later date. Perfect. Buy stuff from my mom and give it to your mom, people. Betsy's Sunflower. Google it. Hey, Greg, let's pull you in here in the background behind mom. Are, yeah. is, this, is this impacting the restoration of boats and houses in the area that I know keeps you busy? Well, uh, not that I can see, Alex, because um, um, what what we haven't seen is the negative trickle down yet from people's stock portfolios uh, crashing. Uh, uh, the people who are paying people like me to work uh, right now, it appears, have a, uh, a revenue stream that's going to keep us going. Now, I'm not so plugged into to the other contractors. I'm more of a specialty woodworker now. And uh, so I'm not out on the job and 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 and, and hearing from other contractors. Uh, that's not what I do. But um, it will have an effect eventually. But right now, uh, things are clicking along pretty well. Well, that, well, that's good to hear. I'm going to jump back north to Matt for a little bit. But Greg, be thinking about a story from Aspen in the '70s that you can tell us after the beep. Okay, that's your homework while you wait. Okay, I'll go get a drink. That'll help. All right, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Matt, back up north, um, are your supply chain concerns any different than the U.S.? Um, what are you most worried about from a day-to-day, -day, um, you know, food, drink, 
um, medicine, supplies, uh, just daily life requirements. Is, is are there any concerns up there that maybe we don't have down here and vice versa? We depend on a, a big supply chain, certainly coming from uh, the U.S. And I think that's why the border for the U.S. border has not shut down yet. Uh, U.S.-Canada border. And, and albeit, I do think that, and uh, I applaud both the provincial, uh, again, for Alberta and B.C., uh, they mandated um, th their health advisories early on. And, and I do applaud the ski industry. Our, our other partners in the industry got on it because this is crazy times and crazy decisions have got to be made quickly to, to stop um, the spread. And, and it's, I, I also like, you know, what your mom, uh, uh, has shared there. I also feel, um, very much, uh, so for the economic impact on, on all of the mom and pops, uh, stores and the, and the, the, in each of our communities and, and all of the activity providers. And certainly that would be busy during this time. Uh, I also feel for those guests, we, you know, we, we would have lots of guests obviously in, in resort, um, and and I think you know they they from what I you know the sharing that I've gotten and received the majority of the people supported the decisions made by the ski industry and and uh, uh, to to shut down and I think uh, obviously there were there are a few diehards that still wanted to be there and still wanted their vacation uh, absolutely and totally understand that but we are in uncharted waters. Any small resorts up in your area still trying to keep operating? We just had the last one uh, is closing uh, tomorrow. Uh, and I think um, there's a couple other community uh, ski hills. These are real community would have no um, visitors from out of out of their local community that are still operating. Um, you know what? It's it, I, I, I go out and go cross country skiing now, too. It's good that uh, there is a place where people can go and, and, and move their body, so to speak, uh, in the woods. Um, but I think uh, for right now, the downhill skiing or lift access skiing, uh, the heli skiing has shut down. The cat skiing has shut down. Um, you know, and, and these are important industries. I mean, we are the place known for powder, you know, in, in the world and certainly in North America. So personally, I don't think resorts should refund anything in regards to season passes. This is a lad, bad snow year. This is an act of God. Um, I don't think they should, and I think people complaining for it should go to hell. But is you guys agree with me and ready to ready to stand there with me and hold the line, or are you guys thinking about the way things you can kind of make people quasi whole? Well, I I, I think I I definitely agree with with. Uh... Um, your stance, uh, but also um, uh, understanding that we've got to make sure, um, you know, a lot of our pass holders and, and uh, they've, they've been with us for a long time and they've been supporting us for a long time. And, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a fluid uh, situation for sure. It, it is not, it is something that's out of our hands. You are absolutely right. You know, it, it is just like a, a, you know, a bad snow year. Um, and, and so, yeah, um, you know, th those refund policies are, I think everybody's looking at it right now. Um, I think everybody's got to take a deep dive in, in making sure that they find ways to best care for, for their guests. You know, we're going to come out of this thing, you know, we, we, we don't know what that looks like. Um, you know, but I, I do believe the, the tourism community has been through a lot of natural disasters and a lot of uh, challenges and the ski industry, uh, uh, we, we've weathered a bunch of different things. And, um, and so uh, what it looks like, I think we just have to make sure to always take heed and take stock that 
our guests, our team, our communities, that's what matters and take care of them and and then define a plan and a path forward. Do you know any people in the medical system up there that work in it? Uh, yeah, I do. Yep. And I think uh, they're definitely, um, you know, uh, we also have to have a lot of compassion and a lot of care for the people that are on the front line and, and dealing with this day to day and, and uh, you know, for and for their own health and for their own families, you know. So a lot of people are putting putting their heart and soul and their life on on the line to, to take care of us. And, and uh, a big shout out and a lot of support uh, to those that, that are doing that. It's amazing. And that's for people in the health system, and it's for all the grocery store workers who did not realize they were signing up for the draft. Yep, the grocery store, gas station, you name it, everybody that's taking care of the service industry and, and still out there um, taking care of us uh, and all of our needs. Uh, it's it's not, we don't know what's going to happen, but we do know, uh, what we do know is that really what matters is the simple things and, and family and, and helping others out and helping your community out. Mom, I don't know how we uh, how we how we talk about this, but one thing that came up on some of my conference calls today, uh, which is about a completely different industry in multifamily housing. All these industries are trying to shut down. Thing I have to do day to day, I have to keep everything open because that's where people live. And one thing we're dealing with at a few of our senior properties, Mom, um, is maybe 20% of our residents running around still telling everybody it's a hoax, trying to get in the way and getting angry whenever we have to cancel anything because they've been, you know, mainlining Hannity for too long of their lives. Is that getting better in your town? Or are you still dealing with 30, 40% of your community, you know, just unable to come to grips? I'll tell you what I tell my uh, customers in my store is that I can't talk politics or religion in my store or online or anywhere. However, <laughs> um, yes, all of that. Uh, yeah, it's an issue here, um, but of, of denial and the fact that it's not for real, that it's a hoax, that it's a, some kind of, you know, it's not real. Um, and that's been really what we're fighting against here, uh, but that's changing. You know, we don't have any diagnosed cases yet in our county or the county next to us, but that's because we have no testing. There's been no testing here. I'm sure that the virus is here, but we have had no testing here. We're very rural. We have only a 25 bed hospital uh, here and all of these people that have come from out of the area. We have very little, you know, healthcare. It's a small community. We have 3000 people maybe full time in this town. Uh, and then we have an inundation of tourists uh, and, and a, a you know pandemic at the same time. And it really puts a strain on all of our resources here. Uh, it hasn't shown yet, but it's going to. Uh, and that's what we're all concerned about. I'm concerned, I closed my business because of my concern about this small community, which has a huge number of older people in it. Uh, people definitely over 60 and well over 60. Um, even though it's a small community. Uh, and, and for my employees and my visitors alike, uh, I felt the need to close down before maybe anybody else did. But uh, I think that's where we're going right now. Uh, and we just don't have the medical facilities or the support here. We're an hour and a half from Tallahassee. Uh, and we also just had Hurricane Michael less than a year and a half ago, which is, 
you know, it really complicating this whole situation because we've been through a disaster. So many businesses and so many householders and renters and people are struggling to come back from that disaster. And now the last thing they want to see is uh, a diminishing of their rental properties, their restaurants, their businesses when we're just beginning to come pull out of it. Uh, and so that has complicated the whole situation. But we definitely here are a rural community without the kinds of support um, and medical facilities that we need for something like this, even for our own small community. But you add those visitors to it and, and that's really going to complicate things. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned testing and that's the scary part of all of this. Um, I saw data from Georgia um, where a lot of your tourists come from and they said they had 121 verified cases and it also said how many tests they conducted. And it also was 121. And it was like, oh, something's wrong there. So you're only testing cases that are completely positive. Um, that doesn't sound like testing. You wouldn't go 100%. So, you know, I think in all areas of the country, we're somewhere between 10 times and 100 times whatever the case count appears to be. And we just don't know if it's closer to 10 or closer to 100 times. Well, our health department today put out a little notice that said we had zero Zero positive cases and zero tests. There you go. I mean, ignorance is bliss. And that was the strategy for America for about two and a half months, which is why we are where we are. So I want to encourage all Americans who listen to this podcast to make a different decision next time. You know, we tried the thing where we wanted to be the dumbest and least prepared. Let's try the other thing next time. And that might be better. <laughs> <laughs> I like that, AK. I'm yeah, rolling with that one. We'll go with that, Alex. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go with that. You know, we tried this. We said, hey, let's try this thing. And now we can try the other thing with the, you know, not the Space Force, but the pandemic response team. You know, we kind of got to pick one or the other. Um, Matt Mosteller, thank you for hopping on from up north Kimberly, BC area. Um, Betsy Doherty, otherwise known as my mother. Thank I'd Alex. like to learn how to say Appalachiola. No, it's Appalachicola. Appalachicola. There you That's go. It. And I love your store. It looks amazing. I just went to uh, your, you got great reviews on Facebook, by the way, and you, your pictures are awesome on Google. And and it says you have a, a little uh, something up in Maine also we, as well. We just sold our store in Maine, but I've had the store here in Appalachicola since 1994. So I've been doing this a long time. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, you know what? You, you, the, the, you hit it on the nail, uh, Betsy, is uh, that you, you, with a population of a lot of retirees, boy, I, I sure hope the educational piece is really strong really quickly. And I, I, I wish the best. It's because uh, all of our rural places, we don't have the facilities to take care of everybody. And, we, we, and it's, it, it could be really sad. So I, I, I wish you guys the best. Okay. And Betsy, Greg, thank, thanks for. Uh, be, uh, sharing a little bit of what's going on in your lives. And Alex, thanks so much for having me on the show today, okay? Uh, greatly appreciated, Matt. And uh, let's stick together here. Let's get to After the Beep for Mr. Greggy. Stand by. Thank you for listening. If you appreciate that I'm doing this right now, tell some people so they can hear it too. The rest of the Wintry Mix podcast archive is much more fun, and we'll get back to that when the time is right. 
Recent highlights include episode 75, which was After Hours at Powder 7 Ski Shop in Golden, Colorado, 78, which was a deep dive on I-70 congestion, and 80, which was about ski town crime. Hit me up on Twitter or Instagram at Wintry Mixcast and throw me a pile of five-star Apple Podcast ratings if you want me to keep these going. And as always, stay tuned for After the Beep. Goodbye. Talk to me about Aspen in the 70s. Come on, share share with the people. Okay, well, the best stories I might not tell, Alex. I'm 21 years old. It's 1974, Aspen, Colorado. And you want me to tell a story with your mom, who is my wife, sitting next to me. (laughs) So, Alex, you're not going to get you're not going to get the greatest hits here. Um, (laughs) I like that. All right. give, Give us give us the radio edit. The radio edit. Well, it's so much of it was a goofball trip. I end up, like I said, I'm 21 years old, 1974, embarking on a three-week camping trip in May with uh, five buddies, load up in an FJ40, six bags of weed, Denny Moore stew, and a Coleman stove <laughs> from Alabama, Northwest Alabama, and we're headed west. And so oh. here we go, and uh, and we get into the mountains, and uh, I, I didn't know anything about Colorado. I see a sign that said Vail, and I turned to my buddies and said, I thought Vail was in Europe. Uh, <laughs> other than Denver, that's the only town I'd ever heard of. I'd never heard of Aspen. We, we had enough money. We finally made it to the Western Slope. Uh, Maroon Bells was closed. We were camping the whole way. Uh, the guy looked at us and said, look, what are you driving? We said, FJ40. He said, look you guys can make it. The road's closed. So we camped at Maroon Bells in the snow for about two weeks, uh, week and a half. It was a great trip. I ended up staying, uh, uh, lived in a tent. Uh, it turned out I was about 100 yards downstream from the Aspen Music School. So I got to hear great <laughs> classical music every night from my tent. I was just squatting. I had a membership at the Hotel Jerome. So I had full use of the pool uh, and the bathhouse. It was great. Early 70s were great in Aspen. Learned how to ski on Ajax uh, and uh, Aspen Highlands and uh, stayed there two years, bailed out, finished college in Boulder. And uh, I love to go back. It's a fun town. Uh, It's a better mountain still than it is a town. Uh, Town has changed a lot, uh, but the mountain's still the same. We're going to get you and Betsy out here in the fall or winter next winter, I'm sure. So we'll we'll stick you back on Ajax. Don't worry. I, I want an after the beep, and that is my big disappointment is that you and Laura and the kids aren't here this week, which you're supposed to be. We have a house rented at the beach for you, and you're not coming. All right. Well, stay safe, everybody. And if your mom needs stuff and your mom needs presents, Betsy's Sunflower will ship stuff that your mom will love right to her door. So get on it. Right to the door. That's awesome. Take care, everybody. Thanks again. Goodbye. Thanks. Thanks, Alex. Bye-bye.